beautiful song about prayer. I don't know that I'll have time to worry about saying farewell to it when the Lord's calling us home. All right, turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 4 through verse 7 today concerning peace that we have in our Lord, the peace of God. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Paul's writing here to the church at Philippi, and he's speaking to these folks here concerning God's peace, that God's peace would reign in their hearts uh, as this church here in Philippi. And he gives them some practical application for them that that peace would be evident in them. And for that matter, that peace would be evident in us. This is why it is given to us here as well. And so this peace of God is so important. It's something that we cannot minimize in any way because this this peace with God is, uh, as, as we've discussed just even this past week, This peace with God is given to us in salvation. It's what we have in Christ Jesus. That now there is, because of salvation, there is no condemnation toward us by God, but rather we have peace with Him. We have that peace with God. We have that ready place before His throne. We have that open open way into His presence. This all comes by salvation in Christ Jesus. And Paul's saying we need to to let that reign in us. That we need to recognize that reality for us as the children of God. That we have a peace with God. And it's a peace that he says passes all understanding. The problem is... For us, and this is what Paul is addressing here. The problem is for us is we are living in this world. We have all the struggles and the trials and the the tribulations that come along with being in this world. We have the problem of our own flesh. We have our own sin that we struggle against. There are, are other things that come against us in this world. Our society, our uh, the, the politics even of our day, the wickedness that surrounds us. We're being bombarded on all fronts and at every side we've got these things of the world that are against us. And then besides all those things, we're struggling within ourselves. 
We're fighting against self. And as Paul speaks to it there in Romans chapter 7, that real struggle between the old nature and the new nature. And so all of these things, all of these trials, all of these, these tribulations, the sufferings of this life, the real struggles that we face that come against us, the peace of God that is given us in Christ Jesus, we cannot overlook how wondrous that is. And Paul says when we're facing all of these things, when we have all of these things against us, that's when we need that peace of God reigning in us. That we know that we have that peace with Him. That no matter what's going on in our world, no matter what's going on around us, no matter how wicked it seems, no matter how, how horrible situations are that are arising in people's lives around us, and even in our own lives, we have that place before our God that, can, that is past, he says, understanding. Past understanding. He says then, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. And then he says again, let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again for this day, Father. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, for this peace. That only comes by our Savior. Uh, this wonderful work that is performed for us. Father, may it be seen in us. Not only that we might feel it, not only that we might know it in us, that, that it, might, it might be present for us to face the things of this world, but that it might be seen in us that others would know this peace, that others would be would see it and desire it for themselves. Father, that they would understand the wonder that this peace is for us as your children. Father, there's many things in this world, there's many things that come against us. You know this. Father, you've prepared us for it. You've revealed it to us. You've declared it to us in your word. You've shown us these things, these struggles that we would have to face and go through. And knowing also that even in going through all of these struggles and facing all of these things, that you are ever present with us. That you promised to never leave us nor forsake us. That you've promised, Father, to, to give us strength in those times. That you would build our faith in those times. That you would show yourself mighty in those times. And so, Father, we just pray that you would help us to keep our eyes focused upon you. Help us to be a people, Father, that rejoices even in the midst of these trials, in the midst of these struggles, 
in the midst of these defeats, Father, that we would rejoice even in those things, that your peace might be seen in us. Father, that it might be real in us. Go with us as we look to your word today. Bless each soul that's come this way this morning. Pray that you bless each one of them, Father. Give them your word this day. Help them, Father, to worship you in spirit and in truth as we've met together this hour. And Father, open your word that we might apply it to our lives, that we might be found faithful to it, Father, that you might work in us by it. Go with us now as we look to your word, as we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Now, verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. The, The peace of God begins with understanding who He is. It begins with understanding who He is. And understanding who He is, we recognize, we, we realize then that when these things come in our lives, when these struggles arise, these trials come, these, these tribulations, these situations come before us, when we know who He is, when we know that He is the Sovereign One, when we know He has all things in His hand, when we realize that He is in control of everything that takes place in His creation, so when these things come, when they afflict us, when they come on us, if we know who He is, then we can rejoice even in the midst of those trials. We can have joy even facing those struggles that come against us. Now they'll get us down it very easily. They'll, 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 they'll cause us to, to doubt. It'll cause us to worry. And Paul addresses that very, very thing here. Uh, that these things will, will make us feel bad about ourselves. It'll make us feel bad about each other. It'll make us feel bad about our families. I mean, we give it place. It can, these trials, these things... That's what they're set for, is by Satan anyway, is to tear us down. To give us worry. To, to remove peace from us. But just the very things that are set by Satan to do that, they are allowed by God to strengthen us. To build us. To build our faith. To reveal to us His peace. To give us strength in the midst of those things. That's what He told Paul in when, when 2 Corinthians chapter 12. When Paul asked for that thorn in the flesh to be removed, He said, no, my strength is made perfect in weakness. I, I, I've got you, Paul, right where I want you. I, I want you being afflicted in this, Paul, because in that affliction that you're facing, I'm shining brighter through you with this affliction than I would without this affliction. And Paul says, well, then I'll, I'll glory then in my infirmities, if that's the case. I'll glory in them. And Paul's whole attitude was changed about the trial that he was enduring. And this is what Paul is telling us here in verse number 4. Rejoice. 
even in the midst of these trials, even in the midst of these struggles, even, even when it seems like, man, we, I just can't get ahead. It's one thing after another. It's one problem, it's one situation, it's one, it's one tribulation, it's one distress, it's, it's just one thing after another. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. When we know who He is, we can do that, you see. When, when, we, when we take the focus off of me, when we take the focus off of ourselves, we can do that. We can do that. We can rejoice even, even in the midst of the trial. We can rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know what? We can rejoice even in the midst of our sorrow. And we can tell Him. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Might have to for him to see through our tears what we're what we're doing, you know. Lord, I, this is destroying me. Lord, this is this is killing me. Lord, this this is just it's just more than I can handle right now, Lord, but I'm going to rejoice nonetheless. Job said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though he slay me, yet Will I trust in Him? Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. We can rejoice in Him because of His keeping. He has promised that the salvation that He has given to us is eternal. It does not pass away. It is ours. He keeps us in it. And in that, that keeping us in his, in his place, keeping us in His grace, making us His children, there are promises that come with that that He is going to perform us being the children of God, we have the promise of His daily provision. We have, the, we have the promise of His daily watch care over us. We have, we have the promise that He is ever with us, that He would never leave us nor forsake us. If we've got these promises concerning what He, is, he has said are part of that salvation that He's given us, if we have those things, those realities, then we can face anything that comes in this world toward us. By His power. By His strength. We can face those things. And we, we can go through those things rejoicing in Him because of what we have in Him. Because we know the God of peace. Because we know Him. He is the righteous judge. He is the holy God. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the almighty God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. This, this peace begins in the celebration and worship of our God and who He is. Rejoice. 
and the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. This rejoicing that Paul is calling us to here in verse number 4 comes along with that peace. It comes along with that peace. Verse 5, he says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The peace of God is made evident in our moderation. In our, that word moderation there, it, it means mildness, gentleness, patience. And it's in, it's in that moderation that it is made evident that we have the peace of God. That Paul says there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 11, he says, strive to be quiet. Strive to be quiet. Something we have to work at. In other words, strive to be quiet. Now, you might say to yourself, well, I'm not noisy. I, I don't make no I don't holler, I don't make no noise, I don't I don't whoop and wail the situations that arise in my in my life. I, I don't I don't go around complaining to everybody and, and and just 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 declaring all that's wrong and everything that's going on in my life and everything falling apart around me. I, I, I don't do that. Well, might, you might not. But it's not just about our mouth. It's about quieting our heart in our trust for the Lord working. In our the peace that we have in Him is what allows us to be quiet. Strive to be quiet. But that means that means that we have that's something we have to fight against in ourselves. It's a work. It's a work for us to be quiet. We may not complain to other people. Well we'll complain to the Lord, won't we? Now, that's okay. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. That's okay. You need to tell me. He can handle it. Have, he, he'll have no problem with it. You go on and tell him how you're struggling with it. You go on and tell him how it's bothering you. You let him talk to you. But that's, that's what Paul's saying, though, to us when he says to strive to be quiet. We have, we have to tell the Lord what's wrong. We have to declare to Him that, Lord, this is what I'm, this is how, this is what this is doing me. Lord, this, this particular situation, this particular trial, this particular, you see how it's destroying me, right? You see how it's tearing me down, Lord. You see how it's giving me all this worry. Lord, you, you see what this is doing to me. But so often we can continue so much with our complaints that we're not taking time to stop and listen to what the Lord says. And so when we are when we are bringing these to him, when we are when we are declaring all of these struggles, we have to strive to be quiet, to calm our own souls, to calm our own hearts, and listen. Lord, what what do you have for me? What are you working here, Lord? Open my eyes to see. 
Show me, Father, what you're working in me. Help me. Help me to trust you. Help me to trust you. Help me, Father, to have peace in this situation. And strive. Strive to be quiet. Strive to be quiet. That's part of that moderation, Paul says. And so he says here in our, in our text, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. We are, as the children of God, we need to strive to be quiet so that our lives are not reactionary. That our lives are not reactionary. How does the rest of the world react when there's chaos, when there's trouble, when there's trials, when there's tribulations? How does the world react? Ah! Right? Now, how do we act? Ah! (laughs) Too often. And that's what he's, don't do that. We're not to live like that. That's, we're not to be reactionary in that regard. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not going to affect us. It is. It's going to affect us. It's going to be hard when those things come on us. It's going to be hard when those trials arise. It's going to be hard when, these, when we face those things. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we've got to recognize who is in charge. That in the midst of those, that we're not flying apart. That we're not ourselves in chaos. It may look like chaos all around us, but we ourselves are not chaotic because our Lord rules. And my peace is in Him. My peace is in Him. And so that when we face these things, and when... We feel like we're in the chaos. But rather, we are showing moderation. Not reactionary, but trusting. Lord, I have no idea what you're doing here, but I know you're working. Help me, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. Increase my faith, Lord. Give me your peace, Lord. Because I know you're going. I know you're working. I know you're doing in my life. And so it's that 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 moderation, Paul's saying that that is seen in us. Let let your moderation be known. He says unto all men. That's a witness that we have to this world, and it's a big one. Let me tell you, that's a big witness that we have to this world. That when everybody else is screaming. The children of God are still sitting, not only, not only calm, but even have joy in that reality. That's been spoken of. You can read down through church history. You can read down through times of persecution that our forefathers endured. And that is one of the things that stood out even to their persecutors. To the point that even some of the persecutors were saved. It's one of the things that stood out to them. We don't understand this. How is it that we can bring such destruction to them and yet they remain joyful? 
It's because of who God is. It's because of the peace that we have in Him. And so He says, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand, He says. The Lord is at hand. And so we're not to be reactionary. But rather, quietly facing life without panic. Knowing my God is in control. My God is in control. Not hot-headed or always ready to get even. To make somebody pay for how they may have wronged you. Not being panicked by everything outside. Not being panicked by everything inside. But trusting. Trusting, Lord. I know you're in control. Calm. My spirit. Calm my heart. That should be our prayer. Give me peace, Lord. The Lord is at hand, he said. What Paul's talking about, he's not talking about the coming of the Lord here. He's talking about the Lord's right here with us. He's not. He is at hand. He's ready. The Lord is at hand. In other words, when we feel that panic, and we all have, we all know exactly what that is. When we feel that unrest, when we feel that, that, that struggle, when we feel that chaos, when we feel that rising in us, recognize the reality. Your Lord is right there with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's at hand. He's right there with you. And it, I love that, that poem, Footprints in the Sand, you know. And the guy looks at the footprints and he says, Lord, in my worst times, there's only one set of footprints. And the Lord says, well, that was when I was carrying them. The reality is, He's carrying us all along. He's carrying us all along. There's always one set of footprints. But we need to realize it. That He's here. He's with us. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's right there with us. The Lord is at hand. And so we're to govern our appetites. We're to restrain our tempers and be examples of what is proper for men in view of the expectation that our Lord is with us in these trials, in these tribulations, in these struggles, and these things that we are facing knowing He's right here. This is only possible if we know who He is. 
This is only part. We'll only be moderate. We'll only rejoice if we have his peace. We have his peace. And so let your moderation be known unto all men. He says in verse 6, be careful for nothing. But in everything, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Paul just keeps piling on, don't he? With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So he says, he ends that verse, tell him. Tell him what's bothering you. Tell him your request. Bring to him your petitions. These things you're struggling with, these things that are afflicting you, these things that are the problems that are, have arisen in your life, these things that, that are bringing this chaos to you, tell him about it. Bring them before him in prayer. Lord, this, this is afflicting me. Lord, this is hurting me. Lord, I, I don't know if I can handle this. Not. Lord, this is a struggle that I'm facing. Lord, I need you. Bring them to him. Bring those petitions. Bring those... Those situations. Tell him how those things are afflicting you. But then he turns around and says, though, be careful for nothing. What does Paul mean by that? He's simply saying, do not worry. Do not worry about anything. In fact, it goes even further. Now, <clears throat> we all know what worry is. We all do it every day. It may be at different levels. It may be there might be it might be a small worry, something that's common every day. It might be a big worry that just is afflicting us and tearing us down. Paul says, "Don't do it. Be careful. Don't worry about anything." He said, "Don't worry about anything." But, verse 6, he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, in all these trials and all these situations, all these, these turmoils and all of these sicknesses and all of these distresses and all of these struggles, in everything, by prayer and supplication, With thanksgiving. That's the one I struggle with the most. If I'm just being honest with you. I struggle with the thanksgiving part. Don't have no problem telling him how the, the tribulation hurts. Don't have no problem telling him, Lord, I need you. I don't have no problem... Telling Lord, I'm depending on you. Lord, increase my faith. Have no problem saying those kind of things to him. Lord, this this is a weight on me. This is a struggle in my life. This is this is afflicting me. Lord, this this is worrying me. This is causing me chaos in my spirit. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, and this this hurts so bad. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to think. Lord, I I don't have no problem telling him those things. 
It's the thanksgiving part that I struggle with. It's not just thanking Him for who He is. It's not just thanking Him that He is in control. It's not... It's not just thanking Him of His promises. Where all of these things are a part of it. But thanking Him for the things. That's, that's what Paul teaches us there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That He became, where once that was that thing that was on him, that thorn in the flesh, and he's saying, Lord, remove this from me. Do you not see, Lord, how this is plaguing me? Lord, do you not see how this thing is dragging me down? Do you not see, Father, how this is, this is keeping me from doing what I need to do? Can Remove this from me, please, Lord. And the Lord says, no. not going to do that, Paul. My strength is made perfect in weakness. No, I'm, I'm using this in your life, Paul, to make you what I want you to be. I'm using this in your life, Paul, to, to, to shine me all the brighter. And so Paul says, I'll rather than glory in my infirmities. In other words, Paul says, I'm going to thank God now for this trial. And that's hard to do. So hard to do. Because it don't feel good. It is worrisome. It is chaotic. It does hurt. And it's hard for us to stop and say, Lord, I don't understand this. But I thank you for, that you've allowed this in my life, that you're working in me to make me what you're making me. To thank you. To thank you. Even, even for the trial. It's hard. But this is what Paul is telling us here. This is what he's instructing us here. That, that we would, he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. How much would that change your prayer? When you're thanking Him, for what you're desiring him to remove. You see, it, it all comes down, it all comes back to our trusting him. He's in control. He's never stopped being in control. We, we somehow get the mindset that 
And it's what the world, that's the idea of the world, and we can very easily fall in that same kind of thinking in regards to the world. God, He's taking care of the big things. It's this little thing. He don't know about this. I've got to let Him know. He don't know this thing's going on in my life. Because if He, if he knew, if God knew that this thing was going on, he, he wouldn't allow it to come in. And we get that kind of mindset. You see, that somehow this little thing that's afflicting me is, is outside of the scope of God. It's too small for Him to see. God's so big. He's so vast. He's, 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 he fills heaven and earth. He's, he's, he's over it all and He can't see this little thing that I'm going through. And we somehow get the attitude that, well, I, I, this has got to be taken care of. God doesn't know it's here. I've got to tell Him. I've got to make sure He knows. I, I've got to make sure He understands how bad this is because He don't understand how this is afflicting me the way it is. And it comes down to our trust. Listen, God is sovereign. Absolutely sovereign. He's over it all. There is not one thing. He tells us there in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 30, He knows the number of hairs on your head. And that changes daily. Look at Jonathan. I had to pick somebody out. <laughs> that changes daily. If He knows the number of hairs on your head, He knows everything. That is going on in your life. He knows how it's affecting you. He knows how it hurts you. He knows what the struggle is that you're facing. He knows this. And the reason He knows this is because He's the one who has allowed it to come in your life. And He has allowed it for you. It's not, oh, it don't feel like it, but it's not against you. It is for you. Every, every single time. It's not outside of His understanding. Not outside of His understanding. He knows what He's working. And He's working. And He's promised to work all things together for our good. Every, so He says, give thanks. Give thanks. It's hard. Quite frankly, I don't even think about the thanks. That's not on my mind when I'm complaining to the Lord. But He says do it. Even when we're telling Him, Lord, I don't understand this. Lord, I need Your help. This Lord, this is a struggle. Lord, this is, a, this is something in my life. I need You to take care of. Lord, this is a problem I've got. He knows it. He says tell Him. But do so with thanksgiving, he says. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. James chapter 1. 
in verse number 17. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turn. The unchanging God the unchanging God that gives good gifts, perfect gifts. That's what comes from Him. That unchanging God that gives those good gifts, that gives those perfect gifts, is the same God that allows the trials and the tribulations and the struggles. And all the while that the trials and the tribulations and the struggles are in our life, God has not changed. He's still that good father that is giving the best to his children. Trust him. Oh, trust him. Trust him. Verse number seven, he says, and the peace of God The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is peace spiritually that we have in Christ, in our salvation. The fact that there is now no condemnation against us because of this great grace that our Lord has worked on our behalf. This great grace that He has given unto us. This is that spiritual, spiritual peace. But it's also a physical peace. But it is that peace, that, that, that physical peace, and it's that peace that is past understanding. That we don't have to be burdened. We don't have to be worrisome in the midst of these struggles. So whether it's distress, whether it's sickness, whether it's financial issues, whether it's family problems, job problems, security, whatever it may be, whatever problem may arise, in Christ, our hearts and minds are calmed in Him and they are protected in Him. The word keep there shall keep. That peace of God which passes all, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That, that keep there means a watcher in advance. A watcher in advance. A garrison of guards at the gate. 
That's that keep. That's what, that's what his peace does for us. He keeps us. He guards us. He watches over us. He knows. Oh, he knows every single thing that is in our lives. Such a calming, such a protection is a security that is beyond the natural capacity to understand. The understanding to the child of God, the reason we see it, the reason we know it, is because His Spirit has bore witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And He makes it known to us. He shows us in it. Therefore, this peace is not a peace that the world is afforded. This peace is solely belongs to the children of God. Do you have this peace in Christ today? Do you know this peace of God? This peace that passeth all understanding. Do you have peace in the troubles of life? Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Trust Him. Oh, trust Him. My Lord's in control. He's in absolute control. He's not struggling. He's not struggling for this control. He's not, no matter how the world may put it, no matter how it may feel in you, He's not fighting Satan for this control. He has control. His will is worked every single time. His promise, it is for your good. Trust Him. Trust Him. Let's all stand. Brother Gordon, would you bring us a song?